This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a WGN talk show host, a financial journalist, and I'm CEO of Best Money Moves, which is my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group, a retirement planning firm right here in the Chicagoland area. So if you want to talk with Tom or you want to ask a question, give him a call, 630-934-1855, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com and download all the cool information Tom has on his website. So, Tom, you know, the economic news suddenly seems very positive, doesn't it? I mean, everybody's talking about... You know, even though the Federal Reserve has raised rates and may do so again, mm-hmm. we might have skirted the worst of the recession I think a lot of people thought we were facing. Well, you know, there's a lot of numbers, and we've talked about this before, Elise, where you just have to be careful if you could bog down in these numbers. But certainly we've seen the trends. The inflation rate has gone down from the peak of 9.1. I think the last reading was a little over 3%. And then in addition to that, we still have unemployment rate that is low. You know, some of the housing data is a little tough, but, you know, we're seeing, again, there's just a lot of things that are going on. But I I would say the takeaway from a lot of this is while that's fairly good and the earnings of while they've been down have not been down as much on the uh, earnings that we've been seeing coming out from the S&P. But uh, we just we talk a lot about noise, I think, and it's we just have to um, be very careful because when we've seen with this market, and we've seen it and we've talked about these studies that have been done before. What do you do as the average investor? Do you start making big moves? And I always say be very careful. Stay away from you know, getting emotionally involved in when we hear these numbers and say, well, now it's time to get in the market, right? Last year, the NASDAQ was down 30%. And if you bailed in January, well, you, you did the reverse of the buy you know, low and yeah. sell high. You actually sold low. And now if we're back and saying, okay, now the market, and this is, again, the tendency of, that's why I say emotions can be very, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. It's time to get back in the market. Be very cautious, have a plan, and be able to stick to it. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I think that that's such great, reasonable advice. And yet, earlier this week, I was listening to CNBC, and one of the industry observers was saying that investors had capitulated and were pouring money into the market, and this includes people who are kind of 55 years old and up, Mm -hmm. and what they're doing is putting most of their nest eggs into the stock market, which is really great when it's on a tear and not so great, to your point, (laughs) um, when January comes around and you freak out and sell everything in order to pay your Christmas bill, but I'm wondering what you think is behind that trend and how you're talking your clients off that ledge. Well, you know, some of it is institutional. I mean, some of it's retail. A lot of these people have tried to, you know, um, we've used the phrase before. It's the old Yogi Berra phrase of, you know, it's really hard to make predictions, especially about the future. And (laughs) we try to do that. You know, that's problematic, right? This recession, when is it going to happen? Well, it's going to happen in the third quarter. Well, no, now it's going to happen in the fourth quarter. Well, no, now it's going to happen at the beginning next year. And again, it gets back to we have to really take a step back and look at our overall plan and say, okay, what makes sense for me? Am I two years out from retirement? I have to be very careful because if you're relying on your investments to provide income 
and it you know it drops 20% or we go through a year like we did in 2022 where all of a sudden your portfolio if the market is down 20% and now you have to pull money from a trough that can be problematic now if you have income that's coming in every whether it's social security pensions annuities can be another source you know that's pretty important having the income that paychecks that can come in regardless of the market regardless of the investments that you have if you are relying on your investments to supplement your income again it's really sitting down and taking a look at what makes sense for me as far as uh, how much exposure do you want to have to the market I just I'd be very cautious for anyone because look a morning star came out and this was like last year they said they expected the next 10 years to be under three percent a year now I'm not saying I agree with that but if that happens in retirement what are you going to do look at 2000 to 2010 where the market was actually negative over a 10-year period again not saying that's gonna happen but you really have to be careful and really do a, you know take a big picture look at what makes sense on your investment side so here's a question for you because if the market's going to go up <clears throat> supposedly three percent and right now you can get four or even five percent in bonds it's not like a 10-year bond is five percent but you could do probably a couple of years two or three years i hate to say this is this a time when people <laughs> should be thinking about buying bonds well, we've had a lot of, boy, there's been a lot on that, Elise. You bring that up. Right. I mean, if you know Jeff Gunlock, who's considered and now really kind of the bond king, uh, he's, I don't know if the pass, the torch has been passed from uh, Bill Gross. But anyway, you know, he's saying there's going to be a rally in bonds. And I'm not, again, you have to be careful with these things when we jump on these. <laughs> but certainly we're at a point where that interest rate risk is lower. Right. So if you own bonds today as part of your portfolio, historically, they've kind of been the volatility buffer in the plan. And even if it's a fixed investment, you don't have to necessarily have bonds. You can own money markets. You can own CDs, things that have principal protection, fixed annuities that, you know, certain some of them are principal protected. You know, if I say 40 percent of my portfolio is going to be in these types of investments, there's a pretty good probability that in certainly in the ones that are protected with whether regardless of the market goes down 20 or not you're not going to see that piece of your portfolio so it's kind of this protected or safe piece and this is where we want to take a look at it and now i think fixed income can be we can kind of we're kind of back to a little bit of normalcy here on that piece of your portfolio and i think what those experts were getting at is the idea that if this is about as high as interest rates are going to get then when the interest rate goes down, your bond that you buy today would become more valuable because the other bonds mm -hmm. would be less valuable, right? So people, your bond becomes more valuable. Yeah. Is that what they're getting at? That's part of it, yeah. Because there's yeah. actually, you know, there's a there's a cap, there's potential capital appreciation on a bond. If I buy a bond today at four percent, and rates go down to two, well, guess what? On the bond, which the bond market's bigger than the stock market, and I sell a bond on the bond market, someone's going to pay me a premium because they're getting four percent. So I can make you know, I can have appreciation on it, to your point, at least, on top of the the income if I choose to, you know, and these types of investments. I'm just going to say, folks, this stuff can sound complicated and maybe in practice it isn't, but I think it's intimidating to a lot of people, Tom. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, having you around to explain that uh, or somebody like you to, to walk people through it, hold their hands, it's incredibly valuable. You know, if you've got questions about bonds, and I'm just going to bring this point up later in the show. Like there are some real reasons to hire a professional, somebody who takes an objective look, somebody who can say to you, hey, listen, 
nothing personal. You're making some smart investments, but you're a little overloaded in stocks. Help you take a step back, help you rebalance. That's the real value of somebody like Tom. So if you've got a question for Tom or you want him to x-ray your portfolio, give him a call, 630-934-1855, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about the IRS and how it has changed the rules sort of quietly when it comes to your children's inheritances. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. You can reach us at 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, it looks like the IRS kind of, not quietly, sort of quietly, changed the rules when Mm -hmm. it comes to inheritances. So property, like, you know, your home, that's held in an irrevocable trust, that is not included in the taxable estate at death will no longer receive a stepped-up basis. So maybe we start by explaining the stepped-up basis and then how this ruling might affect some of your clients and and actually some of our listeners and what they were thinking. Sure. Well, when we talk about estate planning, which is something we incorporate, we have attorneys that do all that at our firm, but, you know, it's and I think it's critical to your planning, but when you take a look at, okay, what happens with, from a tax standpoint, from someone inheriting or what is the estate? You know, there's a couple things that could potentially, one is the estate or inheritance tax, one is a capital gains tax, and one is the income tax. Now, we talk about capital gains tax, that's on capital appreciating assets. In other words, if, if uh, your children inherit your home, your stocks, mutual funds, those are what are called capital appreciating assets. So we can use real estate as the best example. It's treated the same as against stocks, but you have a cost basis. So let's say you buy a piece of property for 100000 Today it's worth a half a million. It's worth 500000 If you sold that property or that investment, you would pay on the gain. The hundred to that four hundred thousand dollar gain. When assets are inherited, there is a step up in cost basis. In other words, it steps up from one hundred to five hundred when the, you inherit an asset. So this is why it's important to understand when you're inheriting assets, it's better to inherit than be given ownership from parents or anybody that you receive it, because now it doesn't matter what they paid for it. Your cost basis for tax purposes, the new value on the day you inherit it. So if you inherit it, you turn around and sell it the next day, that is a zero taxable event to you. So it's important to understand the step up. And that's true on stocks. If you own a bunch of stocks, again, doesn't matter what the person who owned them paid for it when you inherit it. You get that step up to the new value as of the date you inherited. Okay, so then how does this change what happens? So if you don't get the step up, what does that mean? Well, that means you own the, you have ownership in it, and now you are tied into whatever they paid for it. So, for example, I know we're talking to irrevocable trust here. Through revocable trust, or even through probate, which we want to avoid, that's why we're big proponents of trust. Whenever you inherit an asset, whenever you inherit, that's important. But if you put, for instance, it's not uncommon, I shouldn't say not uncommon, but we, we've seen it happen before where a spouse passes away and then you put your child's name on your stock account, you put your child's name on your the deed to your property, they are now tying into your cost basis. They do not get a step up on that portion. So that's important. I think you were maybe also referring to an irrevocable trust where you gift assets to an irrevocable trust. Again, you will lose some of that step up. We have to be aware of what the tax consequences are to things we're doing because you can get blindsided and have to turn around and give a big check to the government. All right. So this might be how it plays out. If this applies not just to 
your house or your vacation home, but also to stocks that you own, Mm -hmm. you can quickly see how you might get past the $4 million in the state of Illinois. I think that's where it is for Mm -hmm. passing things down tax-free. And then you start to incur some tax, even though this year is also a year where you'd be able to give down, what is it, 23 or $26 million, you know, for a couple tax-free. I can't remember what the number is this yeah, year. Yeah, you're talking about for like, federal, from the federal standpoint, right, you can actually do a lifetime standpoint. gift. Yeah, yeah, you can gift assets out of your estate today. You know, in the federal, it's up to over $12 million now per person. And again, that's we don't know where that's going to... Nobody knows right. what the estate tax rules will be in the future, but... That's what your exemption is today that you can ask pass on from a federal level. As you mentioned, Elise, in the state of Illinois, it's $4 million per person. Okay, so you could quickly imagine how a house that you bought for a couple hundred thousand 40 years ago, 30 or 40 <clears throat> years ago, might be worth a million to two million today. And then you've got, you know, stock that you've owned mm-hmm. uh, for gosh, 40, 50 years, that's now worth a whole lot more. Maybe you got lucky and bought Tesla, and it's yeah. really a lot more <laughs> just in the last three yeah. years alone. Yeah. Uh, or or Apple year. stock, for example, this year alone, yeah. right? So, Or Microsoft, which just had a nice mm-hmm. pop-up due to artificial intelligence. So you can imagine that this could come into play for some people. And, you know, what do you, you, know, what do, you do for them, Tom? You know, I'm sure you've got clients who fall into this uh, it feels a little bit like a, a trap in some ways. Well, what's interesting, too, one other item just I'll mention is life insurance is part of your estate. If you have a million-dollar life ah. insurance policy, that is part of your estate. It may not be income taxable to the beneficiaries, but it is part of your estate. It could be estate taxable. People say, well, I'm not receiving it if I die. Of course you're not, but it's part of your estate. And so, um, you know, they, we have to be very cautious of some of these things because in the, in the state of Illinois, if you're over $4 million, it's almost like going over a cliff. I'm I'm describing it kind of how the attorney does. But that means now they start to include it isn't what's over four million. They go back and start adding some of the four million too. So if you're at four million, you know, one thousand dollars, uh guess what? They start including more. It's a little more complicated than that. But you know, if you're talking about having to cut a check for forty percent on, you know, a hundred then whatever, a million dollars, that's four hundred thousand you've got to give to to the government. So it's important, number one, having trusts to avoid probate, but it, the other thing is if you each have a trust, uh, two spouses, you preserve your exemptions, you know, so it's $4 million and $4 million. Um, We have to be careful. If a spouse inherits all the assets um, and gets, let's say, the estates worth $6 million and it all goes to one surviving spouse, then it goes to the children and they're going to say, you owe money. They're going to say, well, wait a minute, dad had $4 million, mom had $4 million. They're going to say, you didn't get anything from dad, you got it all from mom. So the exemption's lost. So this is important when we do estate planning to preserve the exemptions. And again, we don't know what they'll be in the future. Avoid probate. This is all part of the estate. Get the step up in cost basis. You know, those are all part of that one piece of your your retirement plan or your overall plan, I should say, which is this estate planning piece. Yeah, I, I think the state of Illinois just has some very peculiar and low numbers that I think it's very easy (laughs) if you're not paying attention to jump over that and then it can get very very expensive and you know you can always move somewhere else but if your life is here your business is here your family Uh is here your grandchildren are here you're probably not moving that quickly and so I think Tom it's worth having again another reason to have somebody like you around who you can bounce these things off of, have a conversation, figure out how you're going to, you know, set things up. And and I'll just point out that, and I've told the story before, but, you know, if your parents 
you know, die prematurely, like my dad died at 49, this whole thing can be accelerated suddenly. You know, people do have bad things that happen and you want to be Mm -hmm. prepared for as many of these unexpected curveballs of life as you can. So if you've got uh, questions about this, and Tom, I'm sure people, our listeners do, I think you're a great ear for this. So give him a call, 630-934-1855, or you can leave a message at alphawealthgroup.com. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about your mid-year review of finances. I've just done mine, and we'll be happy to share my shortcomings. Uh, all that coming up next on This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can always call us with a question, 630-934-1855, or you can leave us one at alphawealthgroup.com. Tom will be more than happy to give you a hand uh, to answer your questions directly. So, Tom, it's basically the midpoint of the year. I I just had my birthday last week and I always think that I get to my birthday, which is July 13th. I, you know, I always think that it's kind of the middle of the summer. It's the middle of the year. And I always like to do a mid-year review of my finances to just kind of see if I am where I thought I'd be. Mm-hmm. And do you do this for yourself? Yeah, I actually, uh, we schedule a time. My wife and I will actually take a day off of work and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to just to go through it really because I think you have to commit that time to it um, so yes and, and it can be done throughout the year in fact we were just having this conversation the other day like we need to sit down and review things it hasn't isn't this is before you know so we do it throughout the year do you ever find yourself putting some things off I mean I, I just will say tell everybody that for the last two months Sam and I have been trying to find time to sit down and redo our will our wills I should say this plural, plural one for each of us and we're still waiting to find that time. And, I, you know, here I am. I know better, but yet I'm falling prey to, like, mistake number one. Um, yeah. So what's your process for that? Well, you know, that's human nature, at least, of course. We all have this – we're bit by this procrastination bug, and then we put that off. So, you know, it's always, hey – and I would say to anybody listening, it's, you know, if set a date, make a commitment, this is the call to action – don't procrastinate. Now, as it leads to this, as you're going to sit down and I, you know, we've had this before. This is one of my, I say organization is if there's going to be one thing that's the most important, it's so hard to say what's the most important, but we find how people are unorganized. We've talked about that ING study where half of participants in 401k plans still have money at the old 401k plans. It's staggering. And so that's why, you know, and I extend this offer. We have asset organizers. I'll email them to you. You can use those and update them. You know, use them as working documents, document locators and budget worksheets. These are all worksheets that I provide because I tell, that's the starting point. If you commit to that and you sit down and put pencil to paper, you are going to uncover things you were unaware of. You're going to find out our assets are titled. You're going to find out what your life insurance coverage is. All these questions before you can really sit down. That's the starting point. That is so critical, getting organized. And then that is important in everything else, and it leads to the estate plan, at least. So you have a financial snapshot right in front of you. That's it. And that's where the starting point is. We talked about all these other ends. What's your net worth? You know, who are your beneficiaries? I said, all of this, this is what these worksheets allow. And if you fill them out, as I said, I'm more than happy to email them to you because then you can just change them and update them and they auto-calculate. These are important things to know. So that's where I would tell people to start. 
Yeah, it's a great place to start. I mean, we have a lot of this stuff, you know, already in process. And so, you know, this is another plug for making a budget and continuing to update how much you're spending. You know, we use Quicken for our, you know, we've been using it for 35 years. So we can always go back and Sam Mm -hmm. can say, you know, in 2014, you spent blah, 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 and whatever it was. But we have that as a running total. And we've got our investments kind of in an Excel spreadsheet so that it's a kind of a running total as well, so that we know exactly where we are at any point in time. And happily, thanks to the stock market, we are ahead of where we were back in 2019. And I think it's important to be able to go back that far because what happened in 2020 when the pandemic struck, I mean, it really Mm -hmm. just caused such a a craziness in the stock market for everybody. Um, Are you finding that people are overall, your clients are, are in a better place than they were even six months ago? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, with this market, that's always a better place. That that puts them in a better place emotionally and financially, yeah. which can kind of come together. And so, so they're not mad at you anymore. They're, not they're anymore. fine. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> right. no, not anymore. But uh, no, this is important. Stuff. You know, it's interesting. At least you know, it's like, and you're a business owner too, and so is your husband. But it's it's your business too. Your finance is your yeah. business. So if you don't know, you need to know your numbers. And uh, anybody who's running a business, if you don't know your numbers, you can be, you know, surprised by some things. So this is kind of that whole, um, I think, it, you know, treat your, your old financial well-being as your own business. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, Tom. And I, I think people don't do that enough. They don't own it. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, by that, I mean, own your numbers, own your spending. I, I don't care if you're spending more than you need to or you can or whatever. You just have to know where you are. So it, as a highlight, you know, I think it's important to just kind of review your portfolio. You know, middle of the year doesn't have to be on July 1st, can be in July 30th, could be, you know, in August or whatever. But you want to look at your retirement plan, kind of think about where you are. Think about insurance. I know, Tom, this is a good one for you particularly because I know you're you know, a, a CHLU, but when you are talking to clients about their insurance needs, you know, it feels like this is a good time in the year because if they're going to make a change, either, you know, whatever kind of insurance they've got, at least mm-hmm. they've got some months before the expiration. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if there's another policy they're trying to replace, I mean, how do you think about insurance for this kind of stuff? Well, certainly the first, again, point is understand what your coverage is. You may be surprised. I think, you know, and it's not about you should be thinking about dying anytime soon. But when we talk about these unforeseen events, look, one spouse historically, this is a um, a white paper nationwide, a white paper it showed one spouse half in 50 percent of individuals or marriages, one spouse outlives the other by 10 years or more. Right. Wow. So, you know, That's again, it's not a fun discussion, but uh, an income goes away. A pension can be reduced. A Social Security goes away. And so what does that mean to your plan? And so these are problems that are asleep. And again, not the funnest piece to look at, but it's important. I call this is that protection piece. It's interesting. At least we've talked about estate planning. We've talked about the market. Now we're talking about another piece of your plan, which is this protection piece. But it's critical to understand what you own, what makes sense, and is it something that you should um, understand? And that gets back to being organized to know what you have and then decide on what should I have and put in place for this. 
And I think it's important for anybody who listened to our advice and you buy level load term policies and maybe you ladder them. So, you know, you've got some mm-hmm. that you're, you're most fully covered when you need it with the kids, right? And then as they age out of needing your help, mm-hmm. i.e. get a job, get out of the house, go live your life. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> aside from that, um, but, but it may, you know, the other side of it may ladder down and, you know, like we are in our house and you don't have that level of protection. So then if something does happen, you know, what's the plan now? How are mm-hmm. you going to be prepared? How are you going to be protected? And I think that sometimes older adults who are in their late 50s and early 60s don't really get that. They don't really understand that there are, you know, things they have to prepare for. Yeah, these what ifs. And so it's important. And, um, you know, I had a meeting the other day with someone and I've talked about this for those that have insurance through work. That's group term. In many cases, when you leave, it goes away. And so what happens? Are you uninsurable? Someone came into my office the other day and we talked about it. He said, look, I've had this policy and I know it's going away in a year and a half. Maybe I should look at only one myself. So, you know, those are, again, things we need to be aware of so we're not blindsided. Yeah, no, it's great advice. All right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we have a somewhat of a surprise announcement for you. So I hope you'll come back and listen to that. You can always reach us at 630-934-1855, alphawealthgroup.com. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink of Best Money Moves, here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find him at 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, I have some sort of surprising news to share. It's not a surprise to you because we talk about it off, uh, you mm-hmm. know, off camera, as they say, uh, off the radio. But I don't think our listeners know I'm going to be taking a step back from This Week in Wealth to focus on Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company, because we're starting to get very, very busy, I'm happy to say. And so I'm going to miss our weekly conversations, but I just wanted to say thank you to you because it's been such a fun and informative two years. I can't believe it's been two years. <laughs> it is unbelievable. But no, I, it's been a privilege, too, to work with you. I said before, I think we exchanged some thing, emails and we talked about it. I said, you know, it's nice because I can rely on you to kind of carry everything and then I just kind of show up. And I'm able to uh, <laughs> be smart, you know, which you are, just, uh, you know, add my, add my two cents, as we say. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's been a privilege. And, and anyway, I thought for this last segment, since I won't be around for at least a little while going forward, you never know, never say yes. never. And I'm still around the station, Good. folks. So it's not like I'm not going to be on John Williams on Monday with Lisa Dent on Friday. And I'm sure that they'll pull me in to do this or that. But I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the things I've learned from you the last couple of years, because when you're, you know, a a radio talk show host about money and you've written all, I've written all these books, as everybody Mm -hmm. knows, you kind of feel like, you know, a lot. And I, I think I do know a lot, but Mm -hmm. you have clearly helped educate me in a whole lot of areas. So would you mind if we just sort of indulge me and talk about some things I've learned from you? I think it'd be helpful for sure. So the first thing that I have to say thank you for is all the conversations about guaranteed income in retirement, because I really had never thought about that. I, you know, when I, I'm still in my fifties for at least a little while longer (laughs) and I hadn't really thought I would ever technically retire. I mean, my mom retired from real estate at like 82. So, 
But the idea that you want to have some sort of income coming in on top of Social Security was really a revelation for me. Um, and I just, you know, I just, I think that that, if you just want to sort of go over that quickly with people, why that's so important. I, but it was revelatory for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, we talk about, we go through this accumulation, accumulation, we're putting money, we were saving, and that's terrific. Uh, but I always say we have to be careful of it. what's the difference between an asset and income. You know, you can have money put away, and and I think even in this industry, a lot of times we talk about, hey, you get to a number, a million. Well, that's not a guaranteed income stream, right? We have longevity now. We have life expectancy risk. We certainly have tax risk. We have market risk. So how do we minimize some of that? And that's creating guaranteed income streams. Social Security comes in whether you're 65, 75, 85, or 95. Pensions, the same thing. And then we talked about using annuities as another potential piece of income, separate from investments, where, again, doesn't matter if you're 75, 85, or 95, that check's coming in every month. And if you, you know, for those that are married, you can do it where they, it's a joint check. So this is why this is important. You, you know, you don't want to be full of life, as they say, and out of money. It's important to have an income plan. That's the cornerstone to your plan. And that's how I approach, among other things, from as when you talk about creating a retirement plan, have income that lasts yeah. a lifetime. Yeah, and I think that we've talked so many times and read so many studies about how this longevity risk is starting to play out. And you're seeing people, I mean, I know several people who are in like 98, 99, 105. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that used to be unthinkable, but today's kids have a much better than equal chance of hitting 100, and you've got to prepare for that. So, uh, guaranteed income in retirement really opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I think another thing that opened my eyes um, was the whole idea of doing 401 Roth conversions, right? Mm-hmm. Taking your 401k and moving it over in chunks into something that won't be taxed forever, right? A Roth IRA, you know, is after tax. Mm-hmm. So you pay your taxes now and then, you know, it grows tax-free forever. But I hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking about the value of that because I figured I'll probably be in a high tax bracket both sides, so maybe it doesn't really matter. But for a lot of people, that won't be the case. And I like hearing that advice. And folks, I do have to point out that even I have to hear this stuff over and over again before it kind of sinks in. So it took about six months of us talking about it before I started to really understand how valuable that can be. Do you do that every year for people? Do you have to remind them and remind them and remind them to do it? Well, yes. I mean, that's kind of plugged into the system because I'm meeting with my clients throughout the year. That's just part of the process. There are points, you know, end of year, there are Roth conversions that can be done because they have to be done before the end of the year. We look at where their contributions are going. You know, like you said, with the 401k, I can, if you have it offered in your plan, do I want to put the money in a Roth or do I want to put the money in traditional? You know, it's pay on the seed, not on the harvest. You know, and then we understand where your tax brackets are. We have this terrible relationship with taxes. And again, that's why I like to say I'm a little different by design. I'm an investment advisor rep. We do active money management, but I want you to have an estate plan place. I want you to have an income plan. I want you to understand how to try to minimize taxes in retirement so you keep more money in your pocket. And so this is all part of the plan. It's all part of these pieces we talk about. Yeah, which I I think is great. It's important to kind of have the plan. And that's another thing, the value of the plan and all these different pieces. Like I really hadn't, again, thought as much about sort of the tax consequences of some of the of the investment decisions that Sam and I had made over the years 
um, a lot of our early returns came from stock purchases where Sam's like, yeah, she picks the color of the guy's tie that she likes, you know, <laughs> as a joke, because of course I didn't. But there, we did end up accumulating a lot of different stocks because there's yeah. a lot of ideas that I had. And that was great until it became unworkable. And that's kind of... I think, you know, again, the value of having somebody like you around, for me, it was my mother's RIA who sadly passed away a little earlier this year, but who taught me the lesson that having 72 individual stocks probably isn't doable, even if you're running a mutual fund, Elise, <laughs> as he put it. <laughs> Good but advice. I, I'm sure you, you're right. And I'm sure you've seen that with your own clients. Like they come in and it's almost like hair that hasn't been cut in 42 years. Yeah, you you know it's it's again this can happen because you start accumulating, you're buying, and it's it's and you're busy with your life. So right. you know if, unless you're staying on top of it all the time and you've got a system in place, it's it can get away from you for sure. Yeah, it was funny when he accused me of running my own mutual fund unregulated by the. I'm like, but I'm the only were. one in it. He was, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was much better to move to what I moved to, which was index mutual funds, mm-hmm. um, cheap to own. Good returns beat the market 85, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And you and I have that person in common that we so admire, John Bogle, founder mm-hmm. of Vanguard. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, the and then the last thing, which we really touched on a lot this year, especially this week, the value of having an objective professional. Sort of, you know, have somebody help you think through all of these different pieces, tax planning, the investment piece of it strategizing kind of about the future and even just being that objective voice when you talk about what you want to do and how you want to do it and what retirement looks like. And it's really important if you and your spouse or partner aren't on the same page, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times, you know, one person is like, we're never retiring. We can't afford it. And the other one's like, and I want to go to Maui and then I want to go to, you know, New Zealand and I want to help the grandchildren and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right. It's never... It's rare that you're on exactly the same path. And I would venture to guess that even you and your wife have a few differences. That always happens. You know, Fidelity, we've quote, we've looked at that before, at least. The Fidelity does, I think, uh, is doing annually the couple's retirement survey. And they mm-hmm. show the differences where 36% disagree with where they're going to live. Twenty, You know, there's these numbers. And I guess some of them are a little surprising. But, um, yes, it is important to have that discussion. And going through the process that we just talked about where you you look at your plan and you have a clear picture, and that's what we do. We do the analysis. We run through it. We do the income planning, the tax planning. This what I call the five pillars to your retirement plan. Um, you know, and do a complete and see where you stand and figure out other things you can do to put you in a better spot, how to increase that success rate in retirement. Um, and then, you know, then you can determine, I think once you have a clear picture, it's going to help too between, uh, if there is a, you know, a couple saying, okay, I see where things are at. I have a clear picture. There's clarity there and you can start to make, you can make some decisions and hopefully get on the same page as much as possible. Yeah. Well, Tom, it's been a ride, and I thank you for it. And I know you're going to continue with the show, so you'll be here next week. Actually, technically, both of us will be here next week because we're going to uh, run a show that we've already taped. But we hope you listen to it anyway. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. And then you'll continue on after it. And just for everybody who is looking for us, though... If you want to listen to This Week in Wealth and the past episodes, Mm -hmm. you can always go to WGNRadio.com because I've been told we're going to keep it up on the page. Uh, You'll always be able to go back and hear it, which is really nice. And 
going forward, you can find me at bestmoneymoves.com or Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, or thinklink.com, or just call WGN and bug them until they, you know, mm-hmm. hand the phone over. Right? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> All right. Tom, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, it has. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, here's to your wealth. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.